one of the things I had never experienced before was someone who had sort of done some self-work, um, had done some um, work with exploring um, and unpacking trauma that um, he had experienced during childhood, during you know middle school, high school, the various points in his life. Every mistake is an opportunity to learn. Even those whack exes and lame situationships you endured. This podcast helps single black millennials date smarter by sharing stories of what not to do in dating. Join me, Randy, as I talk with black millennials about the dating lessons they've learned and the mistakes they never want to make again. This is Situationships Podcast, and I'm your host, Randy. Hey, Kendall, how are you? I'm doing fine, girl. It's, you know, it's still summertime. I'm getting ready to start back work, but uh, the weather says it's still summertime, so I'm great. Girl, girl, this uh, Rona Girl Summer, I'm really not sure how to take her yet, you know what I'm saying? Um, But we we making it work, you know, trying to enjoy the weather. Uh, But it's been a challenge. But there have been some very, very cool high points, and it's it's been an okay time. Wait, tell me about the high points. I'm curious. Well, um, I've just been really taking good care of myself mm. uh, lately, which is, you know, for some people that may be like, really like, well, duh. But for me, I think this is the first time in my entire life, 32 years that I've actually taken really, really good care of myself and paid yeah. attention to like um, how I feel. How does my body feel? Like um, what what's up with my thoughts? Um, like run a bath um, here and there. Um buy some fun candles, like create experiences, coloring books, just all kind of stuff, working out, different types of workouts. Um, um, I got a massage on Friday. So just just things that I normally am moving too quickly to mm. enjoy. Um, so that's been some of the high points. Yeah, I totally relate to that. I would say like, especially early Rona, when I was, and I'm an introvert, so I was like, this is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I was like doing all of it. I was working out every day, taking walks and I've cut back on that a little bit, but I, to your point, like I'm using this, I have more time to like figure out what I like and what makes me feel good and pay attention to just me and yeah, tune in. So I I think for that reason, Rona has had some positives for me as well. Mm -hmm. Um, But I know one of the things that you have done so far from what I've from what I've heard um, during Rona, is you've had some dating experiences. Yeah. <laughs> and so I'm curious, like, what that was like for you? Just, like, how did you meet this person? Because I, I think there was, like, a specific person that you maybe had a, a situation with. Um, yeah. So, yeah, just tell me about how you've been navigating dating so far. So prior to Rona really shutting life down, um, I wasn't really leaning into dating for real. I wasn't against it, but you know, in terms of like online dating and things that actually take effort, um, on my part to Mm -hmm. like engage into like make some things happen and be intentional about some things. Um, I hadn't really been engaging in that for real. Um, sort of, let's see, when was this? Yeah. So last like winter, um, I entertained an ex from, uh, probably like five years ago, we've kind of been on and off for the last five years. And that was sort of the last straw for us to try and see if anything could come out of it. Um, I decided in late January, yeah, late January to just kind of cut the cord and that moving forward wasn't really, um, in my best interest or really our best interest. Um, so I kind of just like 
I don't know. I just, I just was working. I'm the kind of person who pours myself into work and um, things that I can't control and things mm-hmm. that like, you know, if I work really hard at these things, like I can be successful and, you know, dating just hasn't necessarily. You can try all you want sometimes. Yeah. I'm like, so, uh, so anyway, I ended up setting a goal um, recently to like, just get back out there um, and to go on 10 dates. Now, okay. you know, 10 dates could be, that could be 10 dates with the same person. That could be five, you know, five dates with one person, five, you know, however, but I was just like, I just need to like jump out there again. Um, it was less for me about like setting a goal around being in a relationship mm. and more about just getting myself out there again. So I got on Hinge, um, got on Hinge. I had been on Hinge before, uh, kind of, but nothing serious. I've never like gone out on a date with anyone from Hinge. I have from the league. I think I've done okay, one come or on two. The league. The league. And I was like, this is supposed to be like the league. Right. Just kind of being okay. Okay. Um, so, but Hinge has been cool because I don't know. I like the like question prompts. I like, I feel like I'm not just swiping left or right on a picture. Um, so I met a guy um, like right when we first got out of school. I'm a teacher. So right when we were shutting schools down and sending kids home with packets and all of that, um, I had gotten on Hinge and pretty much in the first day or two, I had met this guy. Um, and he's also a teacher. Um, turns out we, um, work for the same company, like a uh, district of schools, so mm-hmm. to speak. um, but we had never like intentionally cross paths. Cross paths or anything like that. We come to find out we had been in the same space before, but just didn't know each other. Um, so we, you know, we really hit it off. Uh, we had like a FaceTime, um, session. And so he was like, yeah, like less, he was kind of eager to, have a conversation and he kind of seemed like he wanted to go out and I'm like we just got shut down like I'm not trying to leave he was like no I'm talking about FaceTime so I was like okay that's cool so right off from the FaceTime um date I guess you could say conversation I wouldn't even say date it just felt like a cool conversation mm-hmm. um it was obvious that like he seemed like a really nice person um came from like a strong family background like you know he was really passionate about family and um, he had just relocated to the D.C. area um, from his native state of Ohio, from the Cleveland area. And um, we just kind of connected. Good vibes, a lot in common, like a lot in common music that we like to listen to, artists, um, which I know I don't necessarily think people have to have like all these things in common. But I do think it's really helpful to have a good amount of things in common mm-hmm. in, in terms of being aligned um, just for that, like chemistry and stuff like that. And so um, we would have like long, you know, FaceTime conversations, long text conversations, like to like three and four and five and six in the morning. Like, and it's like, wow, like after all the sort of frogs that I've kissed over the years, this is like a really nice guy, same age, um, you know, has a relationship with God, which is really important to me, um, wants kids one day and teaches elementary school, which also like speaks to that translates into sort of what kind of person you mm-hmm, are, mm-hmm. And what kind of family person you may be one day and things like that. So just a lot of things um, and really open-minded. But one of the things I had never experienced before was someone who had so- sort of done some self-work, um, mm-hmm. had done some um, work with exploring um, and unpacking trauma that um, he had experienced during childhood, during you know middle school, high school, the various points in his life. And he had dealt with anxiety a lot. So mm-hmm. he um, it's a sort of ongoing thing that he's worked to heal uh, through and and identify his triggers. And I mean, even 
to the point where like he had sort of affirmations or things that he would talk through, like sentence starters and things to talk himself through something when he was sort of having like a tough time. Yeah. Just, um, and it that's was, a lot. I'm sorry. Can I, that's huge. Ahead. That's yeah. huge. I, like I go to therapy and I'm not there yet. Like, hello. <laughs> I don't even know if I know a man who like do all that, but go ahead. I'm sorry. Sure. No. And I was just like, Oh wow. Like you're serious. And of course I'm like, you're like the real deal. Like yeah. this is dope. And mind you, I was a little bit like, Oh, this is a, this is like too good to be true. But part of me was also like being open. Like I was really excited to put this practice of being more vulnerable and yeah. being more open and just like honest and stuff like that. I was excited to like, Oh wow. Like I wasn't expecting one within the first day or two to connect with someone and then I had never done like the FaceTime thing, but of course this is quarantine. So like, you're not about to just jump out and go to the bar with somebody. Right. All of them were closed at that point. Um, so the self-work thing was very intriguing to me. Um, and he was a very, he's a very sensitive man. Um, and I'm very sensitive and like emotional and um, it, but, but not overkill to the point where, um, you know, people are crying all the time, you know, where it's just like so emotional. And so things were going really well. Um, so yeah. How long, like, right, right before you about to say what you about to say, how long had it been? <laughs> so I think before things started to, but I'm really going to call it like when I started to be turned off, um, mm. by him or by the situation a little bit, I would say it was probably a solid two months, Randy. Oh, wow. Like, or maybe, maybe, maybe not the full two months, maybe a, a solid month, maybe month and a half of just like consistent. Cause I'm trying to think it was sort of the end of March, um, April. Yeah. And we stopped talking, uh, at the end of May. So okay. Okay. it was probably like a solid month of just like really good vibes. Um, we had started to spend time together at, at this point, you know, safely, like being responsible and things like that. Um, and it was all good vibes. And mm-hmm. I mean, he's like introduced me to different like podcasts or an author or a song or an artist or all this stuff. So then, um, you know, I just, I'm really observant and I, and I I think it's important for all of us to be observant and listen and, you know, especially when you're first getting to know each other. Um, and I think with the quarantine, it makes you get to know somebody really quickly. Normally we have like the full work day Mm -hmm. to take, take over a lot of the hours of the day. So normally when you would just, the time that you want to spend talking to somebody or getting to know them, you're normally at work. Um, you know, I'm a teacher. It's a very, you know, we all have active lives right this it's a lot less active and you have time to like text and talk and facetime and um and so i had never dealt with someone where like finances came up as like in any way i think and um you know i believe that it's cool to be equally yoked with somebody i don't think you have to make somebody has to make more or less than that or y'all gotta make the same amount of money like i don't I don't think that's important, but I do think that finances have to be discussed. I mean, at this point, I'm not just like trying to date just to right. kind of hang out and be casual and all of that. And so, um, I've, I've been working in my profession for a while. And so, it, and I'm at whatever point that I'm at in my career and my potential partner, some people are career changers. Like you never know, like, like this person I was talking to, um, he was a career changer. So he's mm-hmm. really from the beginning, um, and I knew that going in, but I'm like, you know, I don't, I've never liked someone for what they could like do for me, buy me, any of that. So I'm like, okay, cool. That's not really a big thing for me. And so at one point he had asked me to borrow 
some money. Now, even before he asked me to borrow money, um, just in the conversations and the interactions and me just being observant um, when I was in his space or talking to him on the phone or, you know, when we talk about what you did that day, I was getting some hints that, like, financially there may have been some strain or um, challenge or something, even if it was temporary. And so I was trying to be... I was listening, but I wasn't saying like, hey, do you need to borrow any money? I didn't say that for a long time. And then at one point, just as a friend, because we were really developing a close friendship, um, I was like, do you need anything? And he was like, no, you know, we're not at that point to be, you know, for me to be like borrowing or asking you for money or anything like that. And so I said, OK, cool. And so then, can I ask, yeah. what's an example of something that he like that perked your like ears that something was up with money? Um. I think he had, he said he had bought something like, um, we're all adults. Like I'm, I'm a cannabis user. He's a cannabis user, Same. all that. And so like he had bought, um, he had like bought some mm-hmm. recently, uh, whatever amount, maybe, I don't know. I don't remember how much it was, but a significant amount. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm like, but, but then he was saying he needed to buy some other things that were a little bit more important than like your recreational right. activity, you know, and, you know, groceries are important. You got to make sure you have gas in the car and things like that. And there were just things that were said that made me wonder, like, you got this, but do do you have, like, are you, yeah, what is this? Picture? How are you prioritizing? Yeah. And it, and, and it made me wonder, but I was, I was trying not to be judgmental yeah. and I'm like, probably don't even have the full picture right and so um he's a gamer mm-hmm. this guy that i was dating is a pretty serious gamer um and madden was the one that he was really really into um at the time that we were dealing with one another and he had told me that um he had dated someone who really wasn't okay with him being on the game like he because apparently he spent and i later learned that he spends a lot of time on the game like one of these people like gets in these tournaments, like these online tournaments, like has the headset, like talks to people while they play, like, yeah. you know, and like I deep it. in the, in the world, in the life, deep in the life. But I'm like, that's cool. I have my hobbies, you know, things like that. Like, um, th- that's your thing. Right. And so I of course did not want to be the girl because I knew about a past woman he had dealt with. I didn't want to be the person who was like, Oh, you're on it. Like get off the game. You're always on the game. So I'm trying to be supportive. Something from the game console broke. A mm-hmm. piece like growth. So this is when he first asked me to borrow money to to replace the part. So this is like a month and a half in or something like that. And so once this first thing happened, other things just started. I was just like, oh wow, like because it's like you can't unsee certain things. Right. I mean, I feel like at this stage in our lives, you know, I'm not about having you check all the, you know, you gotta check off all the boxes on my list and things like that. But I gotta pay attention. I can't ignore. Right. Um, so he asked me to borrow. It. I'm like, okay, like. I'll just, sure. So I, I actually ordered the part for him. It was like an Amazon purchase. And it was a pretty inexpensive purchase, which also was like, um, okay, it's like like less than 50, like less than like $40 kind yeah. of purchase. Hey, but you know what? Things happen. It's quarantine pandemic. Like you may be having to pay money for other things. I don't know. Remember, we're just- Can I ask kids. another question? Yes. Does he have kids? No. Huh, Okay. No, oldest of three, no kids. Um, he's the oldest of three uh, guys, him and his two brothers. And his middle brother is married, but the youngest one is like kind of coming out of coming into adulthood life. And like I said, this guy that I was dealing with had just moved to DC, and so really was starting from the beginning of like 
living on his own, live, okay. you know. And so that's another thing that, and mind you, I've dated somebody like that, right, who relocated from their hometown or home state to, like, take a job here, their first, like, real job away from home kind of thing. And there's a transition piece that goes along with that. Um, but I'm, again, trying not to be judgmental, trying to be supportive and helpful. So I order the part. The part comes, Randy. Um, I wasn't home when the part came to my house because um, something happened. I had it sent to my house. I was like, oh, you could just go get it from my place. I'll be there later. He went and got it. Once he got that replacement part, that sent him, because he had gone without it for probably like a week because, you know, it wasn't working. Once he got that replacement part and was back on the game, he like went into overdrive with, with playing the game. It was like anytime we would talk, like he had the controller in his hand, like it was FaceTime, right? Like we're talking, we're looking face to face. He would have the game control in his hand and like be trying to have a conversation and playing the game. Oh. The like some people are really good multitaskers. And I'm like, is this that you're just a good multitasker or you really can't? This is regardless, I don't have your undivided attention. Right. So I'm like, okay, let me not make a big deal about it. I had done like an all day seminar for something. And the only time I had was like lunchtime. And I had called him really quick just to check in. And same thing on the game. And so this continued, like anytime we would talk throughout these days, and we're working remotely at this point, it's like, what'd you do today? You know, just, he was like, in, emerged, like immersed, emerged, what? immersed Immer in the game. Like, and I'm like, okay, you know, but I'm, I felt a little taken advantage of because it's like, you forgot oh, so about me. That, you forgot about me now that you have the part. Oh, you're good. So this yeah. continued for several days. Um, he invited me over to his place. Um, and this is a part of the story that's just like, is this, are you serious? I get over to his place. Let's say it's like 930 in the evening. He had been playing the game before I got there. I get to his place. He continues to like, he finishes the game he was playing before I got there. It was like on pause. So when we walked in his place, you know, he unpaused it, proceeded to play for about an hour and a half, almost two hours. Now I'm sitting there like, you know. You know, I'm chilling. Like, I'm very reasonable. Yeah. Like, yeah. I would, in the moment, like, hearing you, I'm, like, screwing up my face. But in that moment, I would have done the same thing you did. I would have just been like, oh, he playing his game. We going to chill. Yeah, you're, like, trying to get a certain rank. Like, this is your passion. Okay, great. Like, you're passionate. Great. So I'm watching 30 minutes pass, an hour, hour and a half. And, I'm, and it's getting to the point where I'm like, so the first game ended, so he started another game. Mm. So that's why it was almost two hours in. And I'm, and I'm just, like, on my phone. At one point, I'm like, intentionally being on my phone to to make it clear that like you do have company like it's it's not about just doing this or just doing that it's about balance and like right. I'm your guest he eventually got off the game uh we turned on like we binged something maybe it was money heist or something fell asleep like on the couch 1 30 in the morning pops up maybe I like pop up to use the restroom or something he's back on the game so I, I, I don't like it Kendall <laughs> I fall back to sleep on the couch. He's like playing the game. I'm like, okay, this is all the same day. This is all the same night day. So now we're getting into like 1 o'clock in the morning. I fell back asleep on the couch. So at 4 20 or something like that, I woke up out of my sleep and was like, okay, I'm going to go in the bed. Like, you know, you should come. Like, it's time. Right. Not nobody's mother, but like, let's go. In the yeah. Yeah. So I was like, I'm going to go. He's like, okay, I'm coming proceeds to stay on the game. I'm like, Kendall, you got a couple of options here. You can get riled up and have an attitude and make a big thing about this, or you can leave or, you know, but like, regardless, I knew I was going to move. If he didn't 
if he wasn't off the game by like 5:15 a.m. when like the birds are chirping, and at that time in June or May, uh, you know the birds right. were chirping. And- Sun was rising at that point. Um, five fifteen rolls around because he's still like cheering for the game too, right? So it's not even just like like with the tap of the the, the controller. The note, the 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 stuff you hear is like cheering on the game. This is him like on the game. So five fifteen, I got you know dressed. I got my dog. I said I'm gonna go ahead and go home. He was like, "What? What's going on? What's going on? I'm about to get off. Like I just finished it, and I'm just like, um." <laughs> I'm not going to compete with a video game. Yeah. It's not about you like being a gamer. Like that's great. I know that this is something that you really are passionate about, but it was actually just rude and it was inconsiderate and it was thoughtless for you to spend all of this time like on the game. Okay. We fell asleep whatever. That's fine. But like balance, like let's. And so fine. Cause so it's I not like home. y'all hang out and you go to work. You know what I mean? Like there's t- yeah. if that, even if that is his job or if that's he makes money off that there's a time that you do that and you carve out time for someone that you're interested in yeah and i play the violin right randy like i'm a and so that requires practice that it's a passion of mine right. it requires preparation but if i was already caught up doing something around that and i have a guest come to my house i'm not going to like continue to do that thing for a long amount of time like i'm going to be hospitable and just consider it and that's just how i was raised i think that's pretty common and so i left and went to my house i think we had a follow-up conversation later that day we sort of talked it out now by this time i had also mentioned that like he seemed like he wasn't really giving me his undivided attention Mm -hmm. when we were connecting because of the game and he had kind of shooed that off that was before this night that i was talking about he had kind of said that my feelings were invalid. It was, mm. and then he rethought it, realized he was wrong. So we cleaned that up. This mm. night happened that I just described. We had a follow up conversation about that, and so that was the thing too. We were really good at communicating, like when something wasn't right. So that was another thing. I'm like, oh wow, like this is not yelling, screaming. Nobody's walking out. Like this is, it feels healthy. Yeah. Um, and then the money thing, like the borrowing money thing, happened two other times. Um. But another significant thing that happened, I went to visit a friend of mine um, and like fell asleep on some like, got a little twisted, like had a good time, fell asleep. Now he had gone to see someone um, at some gathering or something, which I also I was like, why are you going to a gathering? Like it's COVID. But um, he went to some gathering. And so it was one of these things where he had gone where he was going and we were texting, like when we were both where we were. And then somebody stops responding kind of thing because I had fallen asleep. And so he reached out to me and was like, hey, like, is everything okay? I'm just making sure you got home. But I was, I literally was asleep. So I wake up at two something in the morning. I have like 73, 74 missed calls. Okay. Like okay. Missed calls and FaceTimes. Okay. Two voicemails. Okay. That were like little attitude, you know, because he had, he must have left wherever he was and gone home, mm-hmm. realized and reached me all of that time and either like went home to his house came back out and came to my apartment which I was not at I, I was I wasn't home I was at my friend's house where I fall asleep on the couch mm-hmm. when I got home the next morning I could tell that like my mat and stuff was moved from where I've sometimes in the past left a key and so I'm like so he had also called and said like I think it's funny how your car's not here like I'm at your apartment this is like in the midst of the calls like all that 70 something mm-hmm. calls at some point at like 3.30 in the morning, he came to my house. Okay. 
to like, I guess, see if I was here. Mm-hmm. I wasn't at home. Mm-hmm. And I'm concerned. I understand like you want to make sure, sure someone got home. Okay. Um, but there's also like a, there, some, a part of it was like, it made me uncomfortable. It's a lot. It was, it was giving like the possessive vibe. And it's also like, we just met at the end of March. Yeah. So even if you were worried something happened to me, even if, even if I just didn't want to talk to you, even like after the first three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten 10 times, give it a beat. Like, <laughs> and then his reason when it, you know, when it all came to the surface and I'm just like, yo, why did you call me that many times? And he's mentioned a family member who apparently had gotten in some accident, was on the way home from mm-hmm. some event and didn't make it home or something. And they didn't know where he was and had passed away. And so I'm like, okay, I understand. I understand that. Yeah. That is not this. And yeah. I, I personally, Randy did not think that that's what was behind all the calls. Yeah. It was, it was really reading like a possessive, like, I got to know where you are. Like you're, you're mine. Like I, that's what it was giving. Yeah. Um, and so I had started. So when, as these things that I'm kind of unpacking for you right now, as these things are happening sort of in chronological order, I'm getting more and more turned off. I'm getting more and more. We went from like this high and like passion of like, Oh my God, we had a song, girl, within like the first month, like the little, um, the song Grateful by Mahalia. Oh, yeah. Like, just a beautiful song. Like, I think it's still an awesome song. I heard it in the hair song the other day. Um, like, it was, it was, it was moving. And mind you, we both said, like, yes, we do want something serious, um, not necessarily with each other, but if that happened, that's great. But it wasn't, it was established that it wasn't casual. Like, yeah. we weren't our lives looking for anything casual. And so we were moving very much so like we were in a relationship, although no titles were given and, you know, nothing. But he was like posting me on Instagram, you know, that kind of thing was happening, too, which was kind of a first for me as well. So, again, like all these things that's that are like, oh, my God, that's amazing. Like all this self work, you're sensitive, you're emotional, you you can communicate, you know how to. When you're having a rough time, like talk yourself through, um, you, he knew he, I told him some of my relationship trauma from the past and he was even insightful enough to be like, you know, I can't do the healing for you. I can hold your hand. Like what? Girl, Randy. Talk about a podcast. He also has it. Oh, snap. <laughs> we gonna talk about it afterwards. <laughs> It ended it this and so mind you, this is also in a, like a two and a half month period, like such a short amount of time. So many things happened, um, and I was trying to stick it through though, because I'm like, these things aren't deal breakers. Like even if there's some financial situations, like I knew I I know where he's at in his life. I've I've been like a first year, you know, in a new career. Like I I've I've been there, so yeah. I'm like trying to be understanding. But I'm like, what about me too? And so there was. There were two other times he had asked me to borrow money, one of which I let him. It was like a really, really, really small amount of money. Um, and then the last time, like his controller broke on the game. And he asked me to like let him borrow the money to replace the controller. And I was just like, no. Like I was like, I can't. Um, Good for you. And and it, it it didn't even feel I didn't know if he was using I didn't feel like he was trying to use me. But it just was making me feel icky. It made me feel uncomfortable. It made me like something about it just wasn't, you know, just in the spirit place wasn't right. Yeah. Um. And when it really broke down and we ended up like, because it got really ugly at the very end, um, because I was so turned off 
right? And this is like in my lessons and like what I'm learning and getting from the situation um, or what I got from it about me being honest and communicating even when I feel uncomfortable and like really like pushing through even even though like, but really closing it and not just like backing away and withdrawing and being isolated or ghosting or things like that. But when I was turned off, I was, and I'm trying to communicate, these are the things like that are turning me off. And I'm not really sure if I can push past these things. I literally use all of this language, Mm -hmm. like all of this language. And he never really seemed to understand where I was coming from, why those things, why those behaviors would be significant to me. Well, me watching how you prioritize, how you spend your money tells me that if you're ever in a tough time with a family, um, that you know what things are important and which things right. to spend your money on and, and which things not to. Right. When our um, baby needs diapers, are you going to get this controller? Are you going to get the diapers? Like, I need to know. Like I, we- I, I just, I need, I need to know. And then at the end, when I was telling him about this thing and this thing and this thing have happened and I feel kind of uncomfortable with it and I'm not sure how I want to move forward, can we slow down? So, so that was the other thing. It was all moving very fast. Like I said, this quarantine stuff, like it just accelerated so fast. And I do think it was a genuine connection. Um, but I just told him like, I think we need to slow down. And so I started to get more and more out of communication or not as often, or I took a little longer to respond and things like that. And one particular night, um, I kind of told him like, I just needed some space. Like I just, all this stuff had happened and I was trying to like preserve. I'm like, what happened when we first met? Like all this, like all these sparks, all these butterflies, like, you know, I had told my parents, I'm very close to my parents. I'm an only child. It, it's it's customary for me to be like, oh, I met somebody new, you know, but I was really, really, really excited. And a couple of my close friends knew about him. And, you know, I, I really thought it could. No, that's I mean, from what you yeah. described to me, I would have been planning our wedding and like what our babies look like. Another thing, Randy, he was he were he was using language like. You know, where do you want to settle down? You know, after like if it's not D.C., you know, where would you? Well, that's okay. Like when we get to Houston, because that's one of the places that I wouldn't mind living um, Mm -hmm. like further down when I have a family. He was like, well, that'll be fine. Like when we go to Houston, you know, that'll be like like I'm like, but I'm feeling great about all of it. Right. and, And then when things started to really unfold and unravel and and I really started to see girl, I was doing I didn't even recognize who I was in a relationship. And I'm saying relationship, not boyfriend, girlfriend, but in that, that time right. that we spent together, um, he had gotten his like official offer letter for being um, a lead teacher in, in this company that we mm-hmm. work for. And girl, I had, you know, everything was closed at this time with the quarantine and stuff. So you couldn't like go to the mall and get a special little treat or gift or anything. So you had to be creative, girl. Right, I got right. Because he was a new plant dad at the time um, and like a, like a cupcake. And I had made this scavenger hunt um all of these like that's incredibly thoughtful it was girl I'm just like that's but that's how even now when I think about the the turn of events and I'm just like how do we go from all of this to like this because even I was stepping out of it, it was it was actually a reflection of my growth and who I realized like I really do enjoy doing really thoughtful things and just like out of the box things to make other people smile and like my partner smile and um and to see him appreciated and stuff like that he would like pick flowers and like when I'd get to his house or whatever he'd show up to mine like he'd have flowers like waiting for me and so there were so and he was thoughtful about why don't we try to do this for a day you know because we're in a pandemic so the the options are so so that's really when it all kind of I ended up having to block him when it all settled to the end like when it was coming to an end was crashing 
um, I had started kind of being, you know, distant. And I told him I needed space, though. And I told him, like, um, I'm, I'm also, I, I just don't know. I don't know. I thought I knew what we wanted here. And I think we're not necessarily on the same page. Let's just slow down. Um, and we had a conversation right at my house. Um, he was very emotional. He was, oh, because when I would go distant, when I wouldn't respond, as, he said that his guilt about how he would move when he was in relationships in the past really was unpacked when he saw how I was moving. So he mm. actually, me being distant as him, it triggering him when he was being distant, when he was dealing with women in the past, right. when he was actually like lying to them. Um, dealing with other um, women, cheating on them. I don't know what what those other things were, but he wasn't being honest about where he was and what he was doing. And so when I was, I guess, displaying the behavior... He, like, projected what he did, his history onto you. He projected it on me, and, and he, he, to the point where he was so emotional, he's like, yo, like, if you're not... And he was, he was literally trying to pull out everything from my personal life that he could to try to, like, make it be that when I wasn't in contact, I was with another per, another guy. Oh, are there any like guys in your friend group? Okay, of those, um, did you used to date any of them? Which happens to be true for for one of my friends. I work out with like a, a sort of big group of teachers. Mm-hmm. Um, so yes, I happen to have like dated um, one of the guys who's in our workout group or whatever in the past. But that wasn't happening then. You know what I mean? Like right. that we all have a past as well. We have a past, and also I wasn't withholding it when I yeah. first met somebody on Hinge. It's not. For, it's not necessary for me. To, uh, you can bring all my exes back and it's not going to be a problem because there's a reason why they're my ex. Listen, and and, and be secure about that. Right. But he was convicted. It made him feel some kind of way seeing, I guess, how I was moving because it was bringing up some things for him and how he would move. And I said, I literally have no reason a lot. Like, I just want to slow down because what I thought was happening here, I'm seeing some things that are just not what I thought they were. And I think we would both benefit from just kind of slowing down and, and just seeing where we are. Um, can I pause, and- Can I stop you real quick? That possessive thing makes more sense to me now. Like those 73 calls, <laughs> like that makes a lot more sense connected to that. Story. Cause like, why are you, why are you so pressed about my ex dudes like that? And like, why do you think that I'm with someone else when I haven't demonstrated like nothing I've done would lead you to believe that. So I, yeah, it was it was but it was part of me was like I'm glad somebody cares that much to like be trying to check up on me and know where I'm at but it it was just it was over the like it was over the deep end and I and I just it made me feel uncomfortable um but I kept trying to say oh there's all these other positive wonderful awesome things about him that I can put these other things to the side but I just couldn't unsee them and I couldn't unexperience them and so I ended up blocking him. So there was a night I told him I needed some space and he said, okay. And then like an hour passed and then he started like blowing at my phone. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, I just said I needed some space and I didn't really want to talk right now. Uh, um, and he was just like, well, I mean, and, and said whatever he was saying. And I ended up blocking him because he just wouldn't stop like calling and reaching out. Um, because I requested like nicely and peacefully and like respectfully for space. Um, and so when I blocked him, that was like an evening um, until like the next day. And maybe I unblocked him like later the next day, but I also like then didn't call him. Like I, it just was just like, this is just not, it was, it had gotten so kind of messy a little bit that 
I'm like, uh, I had to resort to blocking you. Now, what is this like? If we speak again, what is this conversation going to be right. like? And so, honestly, I avoided the conversation. I'm not sure that was the best thing to do, but I did avoid it for a while. I actually waited probably like a week or two, and then I, my friend asked me, a friend of mine who knew I was dating someone new, was like, how such and such? Have you talked to him since all that happened? And I said... No, I really haven't. Like, it was kind of got kind of messy there towards the end. I don't think he wants to hear from me. And so I called. I, I was like, you know what? I'm going to just call. He was very combative. He was very like, oh, now you're calling. I mean, he, I, I guess I get it. I had blocked him. He probably realized, like, he couldn't reach me. He was trying to reach me. But I was just like, he was like, so why are you calling? And I'm just like, well, I know there was a breakdown uh, recently. And I'm sure I probably didn't handle it the best way that I could have handled it. But I really had told you I needed some space and you weren't quite frankly, you weren't listening. Um, and he was like, so what was going on? So, I mean, so, so, so where were you? So what were you doing? And, and I'm just like, so this is just not working. Mm-hmm. Um, and it also told me that like my future partner, like I don't want anybody who's sweating me like that anyway, where your past, you're projecting that on me one, but two, you actually just don't trust me. You actually just don't, you actually just don't trust me and I haven't really given you a reason not to. And you yeah, can also yeah. just ask questions. If you if they're if you're struggling with that, like ask questions and I'll just tell you what it is. But the picture he was painting was actually not happening. Um and it was such a short amount of time for so much to go on. It was literally two and a half um months. And I haven't spoke so so that we had that conversation after not speaking for a couple of weeks after I blocked him. Um, and I, I told him, I was like, really, I was just reaching out to make sure you were okay because I know it was kind of sticky. It was kind of messy and it wasn't, it, it wasn't good. And I just wanted to extend the olive branch and make sure you were okay and sort of tell you where I was coming from. Um, and I said, I wanted to slow down. I never said I didn't want to be cool or friends anymore. And he was like, I don't, I don't need you to check up on me. I don't, this is how it all ended. He's like, I don't need you to check up on me. I don't. And I was like, you mad. So, and, and this is the end of it. Like, I'm just like, I don't know where, why you're acting like that. Um, he had also like blocked me on social media. Uh, he had taken down anything he had posted that, that I was in or a part of, um, you know, when I went to like, if I were to search him, like his stuff wasn't coming up. And then all of a sudden it was like, after a couple of weeks it was, and then he had unfollowed me. He had unfollowed like my business. Um, and then all of a sudden he was reacting to my stories so like after weeks and weeks passed of he had un, he had blocked me whatever he had done where then he could see my stuff again or we were able to view each other's things mm-hmm. it was like reacting to my stories like hundred and like the flames and mm-hmm. like all mm-hmm. it's like you're not speak you we're not even talking or communicating there's and I would put you know quotes you know how you put up your your points that you think put on your log call it PowerPoint slideshow your story. I'm like, why are you reacting to this stuff? So then one day, Randy, honestly, and I know this was part of your question. This was a question on the email you sent me. It was about something petty that you've done. Mm-hmm. Um, so then I started reacting to his stories. And like, <laughs> some of this stuff would be, I mean, and I was and I was just being petty because this, the things that I was choosing to react to, the little quotes and the sayings and things like that, they were, and I was just like, so I'm going to be weird and, and act weird like you are hitting my, and it's so crazy because like it's social media. There's no power in any of this. Like it's not, it doesn't mean anything. Um, and after I started reacting to a bunch of his stories, I think that's when he finally um, unfollowed me. Huh. I, I think he, he, 
And it's like, so you can you can be in my DMs, but I can't be in yours. Okay. So he unfollowed and and that was that. Randomly had followed me from his gaming page, though. I mean, and so the, the presence on social media thing was like, are you trying to erase me from your life or not? He playing games. No, and so mind you, I'm curious. Now, I'm not going to lie. Like, I, I'm a curious little thing over here. Like, I'm a curious little firecracker. And I will pop up. I will search that little thing and see what, what people have going on. And I'll be honest, like, I'll just keep it transparent. I'll keep it 100. Um, I had searched it earlier this past week. I was like, oh, let me see what, what people are up to. Mind you, it's been since the end of May. It's been like three months. Yeah. Uh, this stuff happened. Girl, yes. He was, he's with some little little thing, girl. And Yikes. it's so, this is, I don't know if you're going to put this in the podcast. We're going to put it all in the podcast. I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> One of his like things, and like we talked about love languages, he knew about love languages. Uh, his was physical touch. It was like up there in number one and two or two spot. Um, and he had a thing where like he liked his head to be rubbed. Okay. <laughs> uh, and he would ask me like, "You rub my head?" And I was like, "Okay." Um, and it's cool. Like I enjoyed it. It was something new. I w- it was more about like I'll be like Mister Clean, but like if I like you, we are gonna do whatever. Uh, um, he's 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 a ball guy. And so, girl, the story that I saw the other day, oh, girl, was rubbing that head. <laughs> Woo! I bet she was. <laughs> you know, I get it, girl. Go ahead, y'all. Go ahead. And um, it was like two plates of food. You know, that was like on a different slide. It was like, okay, so y'all had a little date night. So, it was... so I just, you know, it was such an interesting learning experience um now what am i doing now with dating and hinge and all that Wait, kind pause, of stuff pause 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 yeah go ahead <laughs> i need i need i've been holding in a lot of these comments go ahead randy let so i'm i'm genuinely confused um by this man because the second half of everything that he did sounds like Fuckboy 101. Like, nigga want to play in your face. Waste your time 2020. That sounds like 101. Going missing. Suddenly start respond Like, reaction. I had a couple of them for some nigga yeah. who dosed me. Um, being super possessive. Asking, being, like, all of this just sounds very, very typical of a, of a dude who's mad. But that is so... The opposite of how you explained him in the beginning. And now I'm just like, wait, so how do you, so you find a good one and then he not really a good one? Like, what that mean? It's kind of scary. Yeah. kind of scary that you could hit it off with somebody like that. And then I understand, like, sometimes you just, you realize, like, oh, the veil, you know, the honeymoon phase, like the, and it did seem like we had a really, like there, it was never going to end because it yeah. was, it was that high yeah. energy and, and, and great chemistry and vibes and all that. But it, it did, it's like once that first thing or two started to surface about like, oh, that's, that's who you are. Like, these are all the things who you are too. Like, oh, you know, he, one of the things that his mom taught him that he told me was like, a guy should always be able to, um, prepare like a decent meal. And so like, you know, he will cook, you know, there, I could point to plenty of like positive things, but once these things and we're all flawed, right? right. Like we're all flawed. Right. We're all, you know, um, we have our things, we have our isms, our quirks, but when the things that I noticed, cause you can't ignore your, your, 
like intuition, you can't ignore that voice, that feeling that says like something's not quite right here. Mm -hmm. As as good as it felt to be in his presence and like um, he was very affectionate, which is something that like I hadn't really seen. There was a list of a number of things that I felt starved from. And we had said this to each other that we had felt starved from in past relationships that we had somehow found in each other. And I also think there was a timing thing. And so I think also like when you're in a pandemic and you're isolated, um, you know, I'm a single woman, you know, live in the city, um, you know, in DC and we're all separated, we're isolated. Um, I think it makes you open and vulnerable in like a different kind of way. And, um, not that you're looking for anything different than you would normally be looking for, but I just, I think it can kind of put a veil oh, over um, and it can allow people to kind of create whatever image of themselves they want to portray to you. And, and, and again, like even now to this day, Randy, like I, I don't like that we couldn't be friends like he and I, like I, I actually, it was just like, what, what did I do or what happened here that was so traumatic and awful? And really to me, like the behavior was really dramatic. It was like, why is I know all of this? Like we could, we could really, we could still be smoking. We could be cool. Yeah. Yeah. It don't, it don't have to be like this. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It does not have to be like this. Like we, okay. We weren't it for each other, but like we, we could just be hanging like chilling, like listening to music. Like that doesn't change that we had a good vibe here and we just weren't each other's person. That's cool. But he was not interested in that. I'm just like, dang, like I don't like burning bridges. Same, same. Um, Especially when they don't need to be burned. Yeah. So, okay. Two things, what you just said made me think of one. So I, um, I, I was in the Peace Corps volunteer and You spend two years in a random country with a bunch of, in a culture that you don't understand that's so foreign to yours. And the only people that you have are uh, these Americans who are also really strangers and you didn't choose. Um, But one of the things that I noticed there was like, you're under a weird mental stress, like a constant strain. And your perception of reality is warped. Like you're not yourself. And I know a handful of couples who end up getting married while they were over there or linking up. And some people made it, but a lot of people didn't because I think people like when, and I would say now is a similar comparison to that Corona. Like you said, like I'm a single and I live alone and this amount of loneliness is making me want to do things that I know aren't, might not be in my best interest. They are making me want to feel good. Mm-hmm. And when you and partnering up and getting all that love and affection and tension and all of that, it, it feels good. But yeah. like you said, that veil, it like creates a veil that you can't see the reality of the situation. And I think I think that's an interesting point that you bring up right now that we're not necessarily in a good. Some people maybe aren't in a good headspace to see things clearly. Um, and then the second thing that made me um, that came up was your story sounds a lot like uh, somebody I met like two years ago. I bring him up on the podcast a lot, but like we had that, that fiery passion where I was like, after a month, I was like, this is my best friend. Like I feel so comfortable around you. I like enjoy being your presence so much that like, this is special. (laughs) This connection is special. And I don't feel this with a lot of people. And, and you have these like, areas of maturity that I've never seen before experienced before so we was like off to the races yes but again like your story 
when things start to turn and mm-hmm. when you start to see who you really are. And when I started to see that he yells when he's upset and I ain't never had nobody yell at me. Um, I was like, my mama don't yell at me. Like we're not, we're not doing this. Um, it just, it devolves so quickly. Yes. And, and to your point too, that like that slowing down thing, it's never worked for me. Mm. it's never Never worked where you've gone you've suggested slowing down and y'all weren't able to slow down or like slowing down turns into well she he acting funny oh Mm. you don't want to respond okay that's cool yeah i think slowing down means i don't want to get played i don't want to get my feelings to her um, and now I'm not sure about you. And so I'm going to be over in my corner kind of looking at you like, and then, and then you can't just be normal anymore. Yeah. It feels like it's just, and not that I've had a ton, but in two months literally is the point for, <laughs> for me that things start to devolve. And I don't know what it is about two months, but like, and see, this is my first experience with that. So, really? and, and so I think. Well, I also could be blind. Like, normally, things are happening so fast. I'm so busy, whatever. I let things go. Mm. It's likely that I let things go um, way faster than that now because of our growth um, and, and just human experiences, realizing sooner that, like, I don't have to let this keep trying to, and I don't have to try to make this, you know, uh, a square fit in a circle. I don't have to make this work if it's not. Um, we should be vibing like it should right, be free. Right. Like it should feel not that it's not easy. Like there's never going to be any work involved. But I do think that the general, just like the connection, should just be natural. And even when things are tense, when there's a tension, um, there should be like some troubleshooting and things like that. But I think I've just waited too long in the past to call things out, yeah. and I think I'm stage now where like I have to call things out for myself for that person for us like for friends like I can't just like sit and just pretend like I don't see it anymore um which is a blessing I think would you say that other relationships that you had in the past had this level of intensity I'm gonna say no because there have been folks that I've like I've been full-blown like thought I was gonna marry a dude like in a longer term situation, year, two, two and a half, whatever. Um, and there were parts of this two and a half month thing mm-hmm. that felt a lot more powerful and dynamic than some of these longer term things. Yeah. Um, not having to beg somebody to like hold my hand to like, you know, when we're walking on the street or out, you know, um, physical touch is not even one of my things. Um, but I, but affection is mm-hmm. and that's on there. And so I did deal with somebody, um, for a while who like wasn't an affectionate person, like just wasn't, wasn't going to be the like random hug from behind and hold the hand, you know, walking down the sidewalk just wasn't that person. Mm-hmm. And so for this person to be kind of on my same wavelength, like we could be the affection and like almost love. This is the other thing we were saying. I love you, Randy. Woo-wee! Like it was, Y'all it was, was in like it. That. and I didn't even say it. I, and I said, and I said it first one, um, and two, I didn't even say it when I first felt it, mm. but this is just how high the, and mind you, like, I'm a Scorpio, like I'll go, I'll run with the passion every time. Like I'll run with like how it feels mm-hmm. every single time. 
Um, is that a fire sign? I don't know. I'm an Aries because I feel like I do that same thing and I don't know my fire sign. I actually know. I think I'm, I'm actually a water sign. I don't know. It's fine. I don't know I, nothing about that. Uh, I know the, the the astrology people are listening. They're going to be listening like cringing. Um, they don't even know what they're talking about. Like, do they have co-star? Like, no. Right. I used to, <laughs> don't. I took it off. Um, but I'm very, I can be very like emotionally driven and it's something that I have to, to work on. Cause I will go with the passion. I'll go with, um, uh, where I feel like I'm being pulled, mm-hmm. which I think is a beautiful thing. Um, but there were a lot of parts of this that felt very different from other situations that have had breakdowns and didn't last. Um, I, you know what? I actually think it was almost like to show me that a person who is affectionate exists like, like mm. these things. Okay. So sure. You didn't get them in these other situations, but it's not because it doesn't exist. Okay. And sure it existed in him, but he had these other things too. Okay. That's fine. But that's just a part of the, the practice. My dad often calls like, I mean, I also know my dad did not think I would still be like dating in my thirties, but when he first told me this, um, like in college, when we were going to college, whatever, he's like, you know, dating is, is practice. Mm-hmm. And so every person that, you know, these folks that you're not going to end up with, it's practice it's for you to get to know, like, what you like, what you don't like and all of this. And I really look at this situation that I dealt with um, between March and the end of May as practice. Yeah. Like, it, it was cool to see that you don't have to push and, and, and try to fight for these things that people just offer freely. Mm-hmm. Um and that the the person who's like your person, it'll be a nice blend, not perfection, but it'll be it exists. It right. just showed me it was out there. It also showed me that like I can get on hinge or just be out in the world, and and it's a thing will find me. Like um, a person, my person, an opportunity, a connection, like it'll find us. So let me learn. It was just very 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 interesting and like I told you he has a podcast now and so you know I've listened I'm not gonna lie and say I haven't listened to any of the episodes I've listened to parts of Mm -hmm. an episode too um and when I think about like oh wow you have a podcast it makes sense that it would be this subject matter it's kind of just like um mental health from the black man's perspective from a black man's perspective and um just normalizing Mm -hmm. uh, talking about it which Mm -hmm. is very so it's him and somebody, uh, a young lady who uh, do the podcast. And I've just been kind of like, he's mentioned, from what I heard, have heard, he's mentioned our situation here and there in like little sprinkles and twinkles. Um, and and I'm like, it hasn't been the most, the, the way that he's painted the picture has not been the reality that, in my opinion, we experienced. Oh, wow. It's been interesting, but I, it just goes to show that like, he really didn't accept why I wasn't feeling it anymore. He never, it, it really just never resonated with him. And I'm just like, did you talk to like your, your like boys about it or like your dad or, you know, any trusted friend or confidant that you know and tell them the truth of exactly what happened. Like, even if we we're not on the same page, it kind of annoyed me that he couldn't see where I was coming from. It wasn't like a, it was like a, you don't know what you're talking about. It was like a, no, that's not enough to part ways. One interesting thing that I'd be curious to talk to like a professional, ask a professional about what I hear being described is someone who is very good at reflecting on themselves, but not necessarily good at like having a dynamic with another person. Cause it sounds like he was excellent at assessing his own trauma, but he couldn't put himself in your shoes 
which is an interest. Like I would, I would have assumed that those things came hand in hand. Like maybe not. I don't know. Like, but that's that. Like that disconnect. He just like I don't know. That's it's just really really interesting how he couldn't see. I don't know. Yeah, it, it, and I don't know if he couldn't see or if he wouldn't like, see. Yeah, and and um, I don't know. I I it, I like things to be resolved and explained and like unpacked. And so part of the reason why I was also blown why like I mean about the fact that we could never reconnect to like just be cool right. was that I don't necessarily need to have a conversation about what happened, but. If it were to come up, I wouldn't like run from it necessarily because I would hope that we could have an adult conversation about like, okay, well we didn't see eye to eye on this and this, um, and that's okay. And yeah. we, when when we were in this phase or stage of this, we felt this way, and then it shifted, and we weren't able to get it back, and that's okay. Um, so it was it of the when I think about adult relationships that I've been in, like guys that I've dated and stuff, this. I don't quite know where to place this situation. <laughs> um, you know, it wasn't like a being cheated on, right? Like yeah. it wasn't a, that it wasn't, you know, somebody I'm trying to think of like extreme situations. I don't know. Like it was like nothing went wrong. Kids. Yeah. Nothing. That was the thing. Like nothing yeah. was like, nobody did anything right. to the other person. Right. Um, for real. It was just like, we come as we are separately, and when you put and those it just things didn't together, fit. Uh, so that girl, that was it was a cool learning experience. But I, I also, and I said this um, in the little write up thing that I did too. Mm-hmm. I said I would not have known because also part of me with the slowing down was it was getting really serious and it felt really serious. Like it felt it felt permanent. I mean, at this stage. And I think most guys that meet me know that I'm not really the willy-nilly casual kind of person anyway. I think whatever I give off is not that. And so I tend to move in, like, a serious direction anyway. Like, I don't think I, I'm doing it or trying to sound that way or appear that way on purpose. I think it's just how I was raised and kind of what my vibe is. Um, but I also i am not sure if I was ready for, like, a serious relationship anyway. Yeah. Like, this one broke down. There was like a breakdown, but I'm not, I'm like, well, I'm glad I jumped out there to see, but also when all that tension was happening and, you know, and I was trying to use my tools and, you know, I've been in therapy for a while and just, you know, trying to just use all the growth that you've done, um, to, and work it in your situation. Mm-hmm. Um, but I realized like, I don't really know if I want, like, this is a lot. Yeah. I mean, my little, you know, I'm just be an auntie. Like I'm a, just traveling and I'm just being a girl. I, so many days I'm gonna be, I, you know, I just, I'm a be the cool aunt who go and live overseas and be on a cruise all the time and just yeah. buy things and have a really extravagant, like, auntie life. Yeah. But then I'll be like, I'm lonely. Yeah. And, and companion, companionship is, is awesome. And it's, you know, I, I'm not going to sit here and be like, I don't need that. Like, no, yes. Like, I think when it's my time, like, it's going to happen. It's going to be amazing and beautiful. It's going to be popping. Like, it's going to be fun. Um, and it wasn't with this person. Yeah. Um, and, yeah. No, that's, that. like, I honestly, I could talk to you about this particular incident all day. Trying 
transition into segment two um, and still kind of get to some of the like loop some of that uh, previous conversation into this. But segment two is called asking for a friend. And so mm-hmm. we, we know at this point you're single. <laughs> um, and so I guess from where you are today um, as a 32, right? 32 year old single black woman. How do you look at your singledom? Um, and what do you see as the positives and the negatives of that right now? Um, I think that some of the positives, like one is really being able to maneuver and move and kind of just march to my own beat, mm-hmm. um, without having to not necessarily answer to somebody else, but consider it, it's, it's selfishness, but in a, in like a beautiful way. I think, I think so much of what I do career wise or spent my career, um, time on between grad school or. Uh, being a musician or a teacher, I was an administrator at one point too. It's like that's such um, service work, like mm-hmm. it's like in service other people Pouring and other things. Other people's cups. Um, that and I think that's great and that has a place. Um, but I also think that being single allows me to like pour back into my own cup, however I want to do that. Um, if I want to stay out all night and just like go take a walk under the stars and a random whatever, or just pick up and go on a trip or stay up all night uh, binging uh, Grey's Anatomy, which I often do, um, you know, just whatever, whatever it is that I want to do, drink, eat, you know, however and whenever I want to move, I can do that. So mm-hmm. that's a, I think that's a positive. And it is something that to be completely honest, I'm not afraid to part with, but as I get older, I, I have become even more used to it. You talked about the introvert piece. And so that's part of it too. But like, I'm not uncomfortable being alone. We talked about the, you know, loneliness. And of course that sets in, but like, I'm, I'm also an only child. I'm not uncomfortable mm-hmm. being by myself. I'm not uncomfortable. Um, like, of course I, I, I want a life partner, but if, if it's going to be a little bit longer before that happens, like I'll, I think I'll be okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but going to the negative side now I think about like dreams that I have right and so um you know wanting to like tour when the world opens back up uh, wanting to like leave my full-time job to like just devote my entire life to or career life to music and um I think with income and things like that and just having not even just like money but just that support not from parents per se or friends but just it's just a different type of support from a partner um and also like financial support for somebody to just be like yo like this is where I'm at okay I, and I and you've worked this long up until now and I have like I got us it's time for you to really do this and also the trade-off thing too right like this is your and I was talking about Grey's Anatomy this was an episode of Grey's Anatomy that I saw recently where um you know Meredith was trying to like go after this like uh, really awesome research uh, project opportunity um, and her husband was like getting called by the president to like serve on a president a presidential committee um, and I don't know if it was attorney general that, or surgeon general I don't know what it was but it was some big time mm-hmm. uh, federal position and there was a tension with them because you know they had an adopted kid and they had just had their own kid um, and so they had two kids and so trying to balance being parents and surgeons and and whose uh, dream comes first both- comes first and and you know and you promised and you said that if this wouldn't come, and so all of that kind of stuff um but really i'm i'm excited i watched my parents do it 
um, first of all, I watched us sort of make sacrifices so that my dad could kind of grow in his career. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, I would watch my dad kind of sit back at different points and like my mom, you know, my mom went back to school and just different things like that. And it was her time to do her thing. And um, so I think not having that, it's kind of a negative. Um, Now, I think even with like COVID and, and the uncertainties of life and, you know, you think about the, the social, excuse me, the racial injustice piece and, and the protection and preservation of like the black family and black Kings and my role as like a black queen in this world. And, um, and wanting to really be connected to that and not being able to, and not being able to like always have those conversations with your partner. Um, you know, it's, I, I kind of wish I could have those conversations. I, you know, I, it's, it, it would be really, really nice. Yeah. Um, but you know, I mean, single, being single, I don't even, I think about it and I know it's a part of like my position or my role or just where I'm at right now, but I don't, I don't look at it as like daunting. Um, I think online dating is daunting and I think a lot of aspects of dating are like anxiety inducing and daunting, but, um, it's more of that stuff, not the like just sitting in the house and not being out with a partner. Yeah. It's the other stuff that it's like, oh, I do have to do that so I can get out there. And I was going to say, like, going back to your conversation about being ready or your point about being ready today, like, one of the things that I'm realizing is a couple, I guess, probably around the beginning of Corona, I decided to re download Hinge and try again. And yesterday, some dude who, like, we didn't have a a super deep conversation, but he seemed cool enough. He was like, hey, if you're free, come down to this part of town and, like, we'll hang out. And it's been forever since a man has actually asked me, like, to go out or, like, to have a phone call. These conversations just stop so early that I was like, this is actually what I wanted. And I'm complaining that no one else does, but I was like but now I got to go meet you and I got to, and so it's like the work that like you're saying, the work that is required to get what you want is almost feels like too much right now. Like, and I was like, Oh, I'm, I'm the one playing on these apps right now. Cause I, he did exactly what I was asking for, what I'm looking for and I'm playing. So maybe I'm not ready. But it, it, and, and maybe that's okay. Maybe not being yeah. ready to, to, meet a stranger on your phone is is okay That's um, really good. when you go like that that actually <laughs> like no one's being a creep and like I think most of the people that are on these things are, are probably okay people but it's like me like I've been talking to I realized a guy on hinge for it might be like a month and a half like excuse me we're off of the app and we've been texting okay we texting pretty soon after we matched on the uh, app um and then we transitioned from like texting to exchanging voice memos and then I mentioned like FaceTime if he was open to that at some point and I wasn't saying like let's do it that day but I was kind of just trying to say hey I'm open to doing that like before we go out in person like we don't know another buyer and he said that he was open to it but see nobody has made a move on either just FaceTiming which I do think about sometimes but I'm also really shy and I'm just like I've literally never met you. Like, this is crazy. Like, Hinge even has the video call feature now. And mind you, we would be on FaceTime. We're off the app now. But 
I'm like, and so why haven't we? We've had long conversations, long text conversations, all these like 25 voice memos in a in a row. You know what I mean? Um, and it's like, okay, so you transition from the text to the voice memo to FaceTime to in person. I don't know, but he lives in Baltimore. Okay. Um, and seems like a very very nice guy, an artist, um, not like a musician artist, but a a graphic designer. Say, I knew, I'm from Baltimore. I know how artsy it is. Yeah, I knew I knew what you meant. The listeners probably didn't. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and just a really cool. Like it's like you're so freaking cool. Like how did how did I even like meet you? And so I I think it would be good vibes, but nobody has hit that Facetime button. So you said you said. You're fairly new to him or to online dating in general. You said that, right? I've gone in and out of it. I don't. I don't engage in it. I've, I have the apps and I've had the apps in okay. past years. I just don't do anything on them. I was gonna say because the way I operate in online dating, I wanna pre-corona. I wanna meet. Like I do need to tell. Like we need to have some kind of chemistry over text to have some kind of banter. But I wanna mm-hmm. meet to see if it's like is there real chemistry here or not. So like for me, meeting someone really quickly doesn't turn me off a ton um rona changes that um but i think too like the idea of being ready for dating is like i think a lot of times we think we know what we want but don't know what's required to get what we want yeah and so i think like that's also part of not being ready at least for me right now um like so you know Alicia uh, my best friend she um met somebody and wanted to go slow mm-hmm. and told him and they had like this really mature conversation and they're like cool and they had been talking I think a couple weeks had gone by he had started acting a little distant and she was like what's up and she asked him and he was like oh no I just You said you wanted to go slow. I really like you, but I'm trying to find out what that balance is for you. And she was like, oh, okay, I respect that. And then he was like, so what, like, is this too little, too much? Like, what are you looking for? And she was like, honestly, I don't, I don't really know. Like, what is, she, she wasn't sure what going slow looked like for her in practice. Mm. Um, Mm. And I think it's one of those things where I'll say for women in particular, we have these ideas of what we want. Um, and sometimes we're, we're told what we want. Um, and it sounds like I'm looking for my husband. I'm trying to, and you say that, but like, do you know what it requires to be a wife? You know what I mean? Like, like, are you ready for this real work? Are you actually ready? You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, Um, you can turn back to but yeah right Mm -hmm. but like but this is real life shit like people you bringing in people's real emotions and we i think women a lot uh, often talk about being on the receiving side of some like poor behavior um or some inconsideration but i don't think we always consider how inconsiderate we can be um approaching a situation and not knowing how prepared or unprepared we are um that's a great point randy um and this is all i want to say not to cut you off is that I I wish I had had that language with this situation. Yeah. With the, that I was describing. Like, I wish I had had the language to say, actually, I don't have the language. <laughs> I don't know how to say um, or how to explain what going slower means. Or I don't, I don't, this isn't working. I'm not really sure why it's not working. Um, and I hope that we can 
be okay that we don't have the answers to that. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure I'm, I'm ready. I also wish I could just say in the beginning, I don't, I don't know if I'm ready. Like, um, and I think when I saw what he was bringing to the table, the, the good things that were coming, it was like, it was almost like, well, bitch, if you're not ready, you better get ready because he's bringing all these things. Girl. So, uh, get your shit in order because God has sent you this person. And so whatever. Well, God said I'm ready because he's here well, now. God, I must be ready. Right. This, this must be you, God. Right. Okay. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's all I was going to say. No, I, yeah. And if you were to ask me to, right now, like, I, I remember deciding Oh, probably over a year ago with the last guy that I dated that was super passionate, super intense, that I wanted to go slow from now on. And I was like, I'm going to go slow, I'm going to go slow, next guy I'm going to go slow. But I just hadn't met anyone. And then my friend had this situation, and I was like, oh, shit. I, I, like, I don't know what going slow looks like for me. And I also, like, I don't know what going looks like. going slow looks like when I really like someone. And I also don't know what it looks like when I'm not sure about someone and they like me. Because I think both of those can be difficult situations to navigate if you're not conscious of the other person's feelings and and honest with yourself about what your intentions are moving forward. Um, But that like that's kind of been like my new thing recently is just trying to get clarity on what it is I want. And if I don't know learning to find the words to communicate that. Yeah. I mean, and half the time I feel like it's, it's just saying, I don't know. Yeah. Like I know when I was um, managing adults, when I was working in schools and you know, they give you all these re- these books to read and all these articles and things like that. And one of the things that came out of the Harvard business review, they do this like management technique, like one a day, they email you. Oh, I get those. Yeah. 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 So um, one of the things back then, they probably recirculated it uh, since then was about, being honest about not knowing, like you don't have an answer to something, just saying like, actually y'all, like I actually don't have the answer. I'll either go find it for you like as soon as possible or whatever, but like just being comfortable saying you don't know. Um, And I think for me, and maybe it's a black woman, it probably is a black woman thing. It's probably a lot of things. Um, This appearance of like having it together and not wanting to appear undone or messy or um, off center or, you know, just wanting to appear like you have it together. I know that's um, like a mask for me. Like it's a mask that I like have to be conscious about. Like you could just be you like, don't, you know, but wanting to be together, not wanting to, uh, people to see me sweat in general, like just wanting to have it together. And I think relationships, that's an area where actually I don't have it together. And, and, and I got, and, and I think we probably got to get comfortable saying like, I know what I'm bringing to the table and I know that like, I'm a wonderful person and I, I do know that I'm going to make a great wife and a great parent and all that kind of stuff. But like, I don't really know what I'm doing. Um, and I have a great support system who like helps me through things, but like, I actually don't know what I'm doing. I'm just trying to come with a pure heart and I'm, I'm here to learn. I'm here to not take any BS too, but, uh, it's, I don't know. I think openness has never like steered me wrong for the most part. I think you can be too open and like, get feeling certain things like that. But when you're open and just like purely open um, to not whatever riffraff comes through, but um, just having like an open heart, I think even when things like hurt or they don't like land the way you thought they were going to land, it's not because you weren't open to receiving um, whatever the, it's like about being in the moment and being present. Like I think we do get caught up in the together, you know, in the, the lists and the timelines and sometimes we just need to live in the moment and just enjoy it. So that's how I can say, 
this time that I spent with him, you know, over those months was a lot of it was beautiful. And the, the, the times, the moments that were beautiful were amazing. Um, and the times that were kind of whack and weird and like, oh, I'd never seen that before. They were those things. But it doesn't mean that this is all for naught and it was a big waste. Um, so, yeah. I, I 1000% relate to all of that. So let's move into, well, so segment three is the Do Better Corner. You already told me your petty behavior, but I am curious if there's any other um, incident of pettiness or immaturity from your dating past that you were just like, girl, what was I? What was I doing? Um, people would make me mad in a dating situation. I would, you know, some people are like quick to block. Some people are like mm. quick to block are quick to do whatever their thing is. I will delete a number like nobody's business. And I might resave it when I'm not mad anymore. But I will be like, you don't even have the, like, you're not even worth, like, taking up space in my, like, phone book in my phone. Like, delete. Um, I, will I don't even need to know who this is if you call like, me out, like. Oh, and I, I don't, you know, some people do, the, like, change the name to, like, mm-hmm. do not answer or whatever those things, I wouldn't even take the time to do that. I just straight up delete it. Um, and then I'd just be finding myself adding it later. Like when I'm over it, I'm like, okay. No. <laughs> okay, I'm <laughs> um, And then let me see. Petty, petty, petty. Petty. This is not really petty, but like, you know, when I dealt with people who were not always being honest, you know, I've definitely, you know, Took a little ride along, you know, but then I had to stop. Yeah, girl. But I had to stop because my mom has this story she always tells about this woman who, like, did that. And she ended up getting in a really bad car accident. She might have even passed away. Oh, wow. She was just, she was hustling, trying to get Mm. her husband was, I think, at a hotel or something like that. And she ended up, there's a couple different stories like this where the, the wife killed her husband when she caught him. Or she, I think this woman got hurt while she was trying to go run after him and see what he was doing. And so that story always is in my mind. So once I, you know, put that together, it's like, okay, this is not safe. Um, I think that's really it. Oh, I put like belongings. I've like dropped off belongings, you know. Is that pretty? On the top of the car, you know, on the on the hood. I don't know. Is it? What See, do you mean? I was gonna say it probably is. That's probably just within my realm of petty, so I would feel comfortable with that. Um, because, like, I don't know. I'm actually curious what other people would think. Because I would be like, if you want to get your stuff, like, I'm just, I'm just dropping your stuff off. Your stuff. It's actually not my stuff. Yeah, I'm so thoughtful. I'm You're welcome. Yes. I <laughs> no, but I guess I'm... that tone probably implies the petty. It's like, however you feel when you did the action will tell us probably. And I know when I did it, you know, I was like, okay, even though y'all all parked back, excuse me, even though he parked, it, it was a row house. And so, you know, a lot of people have the carport in the back. Mm-hmm. And so I just like drove back there in the alley and just like put it right. And I knew like he would come out, his roommates would come out. You know, I knew it was going to be seen like, what the hell is this bag of stuff? Like, right. I knew that. And I was okay with that. Um, but I think that's really... It, I haven't like called somebody, you know, I try not to do the things like, uh, this isn't petty. This is just the thing that I think people have done in the past. Like I don't drunk, I try not to like drunk call, drunk text. That's not petty. It's just stuff. Yeah. Uh, 
I think that's all I have. I can't I remember think... the last time I drunk down somebody. Yeah, like it's been a minute. If anything, the closest to doing like a, I, I won't do a drunk like call. Um, I don't even like the phone like that, but like a drunk text, it won't be like a drunk text. Like you can't even understand what is what's on there. It'll be like, uh, I probably shouldn't even be sending you anything. Like I, I don't need to. It, it, it could just say what's up. I don't need to be asking you what's up. What time is it right now? I ain't heard from you in a minute, but what's up? How you? <laughs> Wid. <laughs> You can play with the emojis. You can play with the punctuation. All of that. What's up? Question mark. What's up? Da da da. What, like, what do you want? You, you can you can get creative about this. That sounds fun. I miss being out, bro. Like, I miss flirting. I miss being out, mixing, mingling. I just miss... What I say to my best friend all the time, I miss niggas. Yeah. I miss it so much. Like, uh. I love y'all. Like, um, I, I really... I love my girlfriends. Like, I love y'all. Like, oh. we gonna together that is... <sighs> but I just wish... I, I, I miss being out. I wish... And, and not even in a club. Just yeah. like at a bar, like yeah. to drink and just, you know, just being with your girls, like just doing what you do and just being on the scene. Yes. And yes. I'm not even really like an on the scene person, but I love having the option of being on the scene. Yeah. 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 I just want to be, apparently, I found out a couple weeks ago that Marvin's closed. I just yeah. want to be on the rooftop of Marvin's, like, you know, with a gin and tonic, trying to, like, you know what I mean? Turn up my yeah. DC night. You know, yeah. I just and it's a Monday it's, night in the summer in DC without Marvin is very disrespectful. Very disrespectful. I understand, but it's a lot. Yeah, I really, I really don't know what you she is gonna do without Marvin. Now it's it's but really sad. Francis told me there's all these spots on U Street, and and he's from here, and so this was literally just yesterday. He's like, yeah, I might hit up. There's a place called 1942. Wow. And he, I was like, what's that? He's like, yeah, it's a spot. And I said, what's, what are the spots? That's the thing. DC the changes like this that, like, it's hard to keep up. Because, like, literally, I mean, I've been in Baltimore for four years now. And over the past four years, I would go back to DC. And I noticed my old stomping crowns were becoming less and less and less populated. But now it seems like it's, like, popping back up. I, like, DC just changes so, so quickly. You know, your friends are have moved in and just you know uh, taking over the city. It's just a different place. You yeah. know, it's 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 not what it was when I first moved here to Ten Howard in two thousand six. That's definitely the case. Yeah. Uh, it's it's not the same, but I still love it. I mean, it's been fourteen years. Wow. But, Wait, where are you from originally? I'm originally from Houston, but okay. I've been here fourteen years. I came here from Indiana, which is where I graduated from high school. Oh wow. Uh, as soon as I graduated from high school, we had like a summer program, like a six week program at Howard to attend. Uh, well, you know, if you were in this, uh, I think it was for people who wanted to pursue health careers. And so uh, if you were a biology major, chemistry, whatever. So that was like a six week program. And then my parents moved to Louisiana during that same time. When I came here for the program, they left Indiana, moved to Louisiana. So that's where they live now. Oh, um, but I live in Atlanta. I've lived in um, Pensacola, Florida, uh, Houston, and then Fort Wayne is the city in Indiana that I lived in. Okay. The, yeah, don't try to figure it out. <laughs> it was, um, yeah, right. but it was a good time. I, I can't complain. I had a good, 
had a good upbringing. I'm really grateful. Awesome. Well, Kendall, like, honestly, this is one of my favorite conversations. I can't wait for this episode to come out because it's so good. Um, I I'm like, is this, is this listen worthy? Girl, no, <laughs> it's because if pe- listeners will know that we are, I'm looking at the recording, we're at an hour and 22 minutes and I don't normally go this long for interviews, mm. but it was so good. And I, I'm holding back because I want to hear your side, but like this conversation has been amazing because I just think this experience that you're describing is so like so many women are going through the exact same thing and like we're I think it's I think a lot of us are struggling to Mm -hmm. find what we're looking for um and I know I have a lot of questions and no one has the answers but at least like having these conversations allows me at least to bounce my ideas off of someone else see hear something new see a different way of looking at something and and just figuring it out but anyway i i sincerely appreciate you for coming on my show today um and y'all all have to check out it's the string queens is that right yeah, yeah, the strength She is an excellent, Kendall is an excellent violinist. Like, go check out their Instagram, check out their music. They're beautiful black women who kill it on the show. My music career is not as messy as my relationship <laughs> life. <laughs> See, that's the thing, black women, we got our career together. You know what I mean? Like, like it's got, something's got to be together. Right. Thank you, thank you, Randy, for uh, promoting us. It's of definitely one of my favorite things that I've ever been a part of. So, that's awesome. And thank you for having me today. I feel so like cool. Once again, like Situationships podcast. Like I feel so cool being a part of your show. I still don't believe it's a thing. It's fine. One day I'm gonna get there. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, a thing. Like, and thank you for giving us uh, a voice. Oh, I appreciate that. Yeah. Um, well, again, this is super fun, and good luck in dating. And we'll be in touch again shortly. Too. I'll talk to you soon. Okay. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of Situationships Podcast. If you learned anything on this episode, please share the episode with a friend. Get Situationships Podcast merch and early access to podcast episodes by becoming a Situationships Podcast Patreon at patreon.com backslash situationships pod. You know that situationship you had that one time? The one your girlfriends remind you about when you start acting brand new? I want to hear about it. Hit me up at situationshipspodcast.com backslash my story or email me at situationshipspodcast at gmail.com. And don't forget to connect with me and the Situationships Podcast listeners on social media. You can find me on Instagram and Facebook at situationshipspod.com and on Twitter at SituationsPod. Talk to you soon. Bye, y'all.